Hello, coders. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I was trying to work out the uh, the sound there. Hello, coders. Welcome to episode eighty six of the How to Code Well podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about MVC. I always get this muddled up with MVP just because it sounds very similar. Completely different. MVC. This is uh, Model View Controller. We're going to be talking about it uh, today and why you should learn this. Um, if you're a web developer or just a software developer in general, why it's super, super important. We'll be going through the aspects of what is MVP. What is the M? What is the V? What is the C? Did I say MVP? MVC. <laughs> and um, how they all work and inter interlink. Um, and it was a question that was posed on Discord uh, last week by coding trance uh coding trance asked a question on discord about wanting to level up their knowledge on mvc and um this is what we're doing we're going to talk about it <laughs> before we get into the weeds though let's talk a little bit about some housekeeping do some housekeeping first this is the first episode in 2021 so i hope everybody is is doing well uh keeping safe and behaving themselves uh, there's going to be a couple of changes. Uh, I was actually originally going to talk about the 2021 roadmap for how to code well, the how to code well.net website. However, just because things have got quite busy over the last couple of weeks, I might do that next week. So I might uh, do it next week rather than just tack it on to the end of this because it's, it's actually quite involved and I wouldn't, wouldn't mind doing a recap of 2020. Let me just, uh, that's better. <laughs> now I can actually hear myself. Um, so, uh, yes, the code notes. We've done a lot of work on the code notes. Um, so the howtocodewell.net website will have all of the courses, all the tutorials that is, that are on this, uh, YouTube channel, plus a whole load more that I've uh, been doing. And each tutorial has its own note, sort of code notes. These are notes to bridge the gap that the video, you know, doesn't cover, you know, or extends the, the, the knowledge some more. And you can, can actually access the code there. So these are open source code notes. Um, so I'll leave a, a link in the show notes after this show. I need to adjust. I need to update the show notes for this. Um, where that uh, repository is, it's open source. Anybody can access it. Anybody can change it as well. I know that there's a lot of beta testers playing with that as well on the Discord server, which is really nice. Um, and uh, this week I managed to do eight code notes, seven, eight, let's say seven. I don't think I've published the eighth one, seven code notes in total, which is great. We have something along the lines of 125 to go. So, so there's a, there's quite a lot to do. Uh, anyway, I'll leave the, the links in the show notes below for that. Uh, once this, this, this is done, let's crack on with the, the, uh, the, the guts of this, the topic MVC, the MVC pattern. It is the model, the view and the controller. Every web developer, in my opinion, should understand this. Um, it is extremely important in, uh, in web development and in, in other software development roles too. The, 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 I suppose what I should say, what, what I should start with is what MVC solves. Um, 
the traditional problem when creating the a, a piece of just a page really um i can remember tackling projects where a single page a single php file for for instance had um the 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 markup for html it had css um for the styling obviously for the presentation layer um it had sql to access the the data in the database and it had uh php logic to get the uh the get requests or the post requests and work off for those and these would be single php files this is how you know in the olden days this is how how websites used to be built so you would have a single file for every page and that file would do all of those things so it would deal with the the view it would deal with the data the database accessing the database populating say a table in html and also dealing with the php user requests it would perhaps take the query string and then sort of work out the parameters of the query string and then manipulate the database to pull out the relevant results that kind of kind of stuff this is what uh the mvc pattern solves um this is spaghetti code this is absolute spaghetti code i i remember working on projects like this uh, actually not so not so uh long ago um probably about 4 4 5 years ago um so this is where you don't have a framework um whether it's laravel or symphony or you know if you're a python developer django uh, flask um it could even be this also uh, mvc also works for javascript devs as well and we'll, we'll get into that in more detail later on but mvc solves the problem of of having too many responsibilities in one particular sort of file and it separates the concerns of the view which is the presentation layer of the model and the controller now the thing that often gets people with the mvc pattern and it certainly got me when i started is that uh people tackle this um at the beginning which is the uh the model right mvc you would start at the beginning so you would tackle what what is the model the problem with that or the problem i found at least is the model is is um it's quite invisible it's not very tangible to begin with if you're completely new to software development um and you're learning certain disciplines and certain things in software and you stumble upon the mvc you hear about the model you hear about the controller but it's actually quite an invisible thing to grasp um if we took it or flipped it on on its head and discussed the view which is something that you can actually see let's start with the view first and then let's pull apart the view into the controller and the model so let's say for example we have um just a a, a single page as I, as i've mentioned making sure the lights off single page as i've mentioned and uh, this page lit has a table let's say it's a html table of i don't know records of users in a database now traditionally as i mentioned this table the markup for the table the data um retrieval the css for the actual table as well the styling and the php this would all be jumbled up in one single file and obviously it would read from top down but the view layer 
in MVC world is only concerned with the presentation. Um, I'm just having a look at my notes and I've, <laughs> I've done it backwards. So let me get to the view on my notes here. Do, 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 do. Controller. Um, that's the controller. That's the, yes. So it's the presentation. It only is concerned. So I've got here, what doesn't the model layer care about? What doesn't the view layer care about? So the view layer, um, cares about the presentation. It cares about the markup, how the data is to be displayed. It doesn't care about the data. It cares about the presentation of that data. Um, it cares about the user experience. It cares whether or not the, the, the thing that you're viewing is mobile responsive. It, ca it cares about the performance of the client. So the performance of, you know, the, your browser requests, those kind of things. It also cares about user input validation. And this is where some of the muddy water gets. There's a quite a bit of muddy water in the MVC with things like um, where to put certain validation routines. I've always been taught that you should validate your code twice, once on the client, once on the server. Um, so you shouldn't allow dodgy data to touch the server if the client can capture that. So in terms of forms, I know we're only talking about tables at the moment, but in terms of forms, it would have some user JavaScript user validation, uh, sorry, input validation. But anyway, let's just get back to this table. So we have a table of, of users and we're presenting that onto our, onto our web page. Perhaps it's a content management system, for instance. So the view would only be concerned with how that looks. It wouldn't be concerned with the data itself. It would only be concerned with how it looks. The data is sent to the view. Now the, the, the view doesn't necessarily care or doesn't care about where that data is coming from. It is just being sent that data. And then that is displayed quite nicely with it in its own little world. So that's the view. And that's probably the, the simplest one, I guess, out of the, the MVC sort of structure, because you can visually see this. You can just go onto a web page and see it. You know, what you're seeing is the view. The next one uh, we'll talk about, which is more muddy than this, is the model layer. So the model layer, um, if I just talk about what they care about and what they don't care about, and then I'll talk about how they're all connected. So the model layer cares about the data's state. It cares about data fetching, fetching that data. It cares about the data integrity. Um, you know, it cares about foreign keys. It cares about um, what is linked to what. It cares about data validation. So for example, you can't save a, a user record without a password, without a valid email address. So there is more server-based validation at the model layer. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't care about how the data is to be presented. That's not the concern of the model layer. Model is specifically about data at this point. Um, so it doesn't care about presentation. It doesn't really care about how the data is controlled. It just cares about the data. It doesn't really care about how the data is accessed. It only cares about the data and, and how the data hangs together. 
The controller, however, is a little bit different. So the controller is the thing that captures the the, the request from the view layer. I guess we're going to start talking about how it's all connected. <laughs> so the, the controller captures the request from the view layer. It sends the response. Um, it, sorry, it sends responses to the, the view layer too, and it fetches data from the model and it manipulates that data from the model layer. It also holds business logic and it can call external controller um, inputs. I'll talk about what that means in in, in just a second. But um, if I go, sorry, my notes are all over the place. So the, the controller doesn't care about the presentation of this data, um, a, a bit like the model. It doesn't care about that. But what it does, it's the glue between the view and the model. So it will grab your your the user request and it would go, okay, this user wants to see all of this, uh, all of this data. It wants to see all this table of users. So even the controller doesn't care about it's a table. It doesn't really care about how it's going to be displayed. It just knows this user request wants to return all the user data. So what that's going to do, the con- what the controller is going to do is go, okay, let's talk to the model fetch all the data from the model and then let's send that back to the view and then it's up to the view to then present that to to the user's screen now obviously with more complicated things you could have filters on this table of of users and so the controller would capture the the values the parameters in query strings perhaps um and go Actually, we want to get all of the users, but we want to do them in ascending order, or we, we only want to limit the first five that have this particular name, right? So the controller would be aware of that and then send off a request to the model to say, Hey, can I get all of this stuff with these restrictions, please? And then that would come back as perhaps an array and the controller would then send that back to the view. And then the view would go, Oh, okay. Here you go. The view would be perhaps aware that there's no need for pagination. The view would perhaps be aware of things like, um, the, the, the flipping the arrows. So descending, ascending those kind of things, those user events that can happen, which then would perhaps trigger another request to change the fetching routine from that model to change the order of that data. So essentially that's, that's, that is the MVC in a, in a nutshell. Um, let me grab a, a swig of drink. So it separates the concerns of your system in three parts. So the view, as I mentioned, only cares about the presentation of the data doesn't actually care about the data at all. It just cares about how it looks, the experience on the user. The controller is the thing that grabs the requests and sends the responses back. I mentioned um, a couple of streams ago, I think, about IPO, which is input process output. You can kind of think of it like this. So you have a user input, so a user request, that would be your input. So the controller would take an input. It would then go and process that input as something and then return back um, the output, which is the response. Now, um, it's not just HTML that uh, can be uh, used for this. Um, APIs as well, they 
they follow MVC. So you would have the, the view in an API sense would be the JSON. That would be the JSON response. The, the input in terms of the, uh, the, the calling request to the particular route would be the HTTP request. So when you access a particular path on API request, for instance, that would then call a controller. That controller would then know what to do with that request, pulling that data from a particular model and then send that back to uh, to the view as the API's response and obviously have uh, meta information in there, such as um, uh, HTTP status codes and other bits and pieces like that too. Essentially, the API is just like just viewing a web page, but uh, done in a more of a, a data kind of way, you know, a software-y kind of way. Uh, but you can see an API in the same light as you can see, you know, any kind of web page, web application in the MVC world. So, um, yeah, model is to do with the data. That is the thing that really confused me because, um, when I started doing all of this stuff, the, I, I was, I wasn't sure where to put the data validation. Should I put the validation here in the controller? Should I put it in the, the model? Um, you know, should I do it twice? And then you start thinking, well, if, if you're not putting the data validation in the controller, you need to, you're putting it in the model, but then you need to know the context in which that user has requested those, um, you know, that, that, that particular information, that data from. So I, uh, in terms of validating forms, I would validate it from the controller, but I would have uh, validation checks against the model. So for example, with, um, with Symfony, you would put in the validation in terms of what the data requires in perhaps the, uh, in the model, which is the ORM, which would be your entities, for instance. And then you would have perhaps more validation, uh, to do with the particular form that has that kind of data. So for example, you could have the user, uh, a user entity um, in the model layer may require that there is, I don't know, a particular email address, but the entity only requires that the email address is valid. The form may require that the email address is a particular email address, you know, ending in a particular TLD or something like that. Or, um, there could be, there could be, um, a, a, a collection of data that your model has. So for example, it could be a many to one relationship. So you have, you know, um, one, I don't know, let's use the user again. One user could have many tags, for example. Well, the model isn't going to be, you, you could put a, a requirement that says that the user must have five or more tags. Well, the tag model isn't going to be, isn't going to know that it's just going to know that the tag needs to have a particular name, for instance, or, or the name can only be a certain amount of characters. The form, however, would require that check because that check, that definition, that validation may change over time. It's a, you know, it could be flexible one month. They could have four, one month. It could be five or what have you. I know I'm starting to get off of the topic here, but when you start when you start really dissecting them, what the model layer is, it's quite big. It is quite big. Um, and that's the thing. One thing that really helps me out is I can't remember who said it to me, but it's, um, thin controllers, fat models. 
So your model layer is supposed to be the biggest layer. The controller is very small. So if your controller is huge, if you've got lots of validation, if you've got lots of data fetching, if you've got lots of things going on, lots of conditional statements in your controller, then you really need to look at refactoring that. The controller is should be pretty um, sort of very simplified. What you would do is you would call various services to do various things. So for example, if you had a service that is authentication, you wouldn't put your the same piece of authentication code in every single controller. You would call a service to authenticate the user um, from the controller, but you would call that as a single call. So usually the controller, a controller is usually quite verbose. You can kind of read it, you know, like a storybook. It, essentially, a controller is your inputs, which is the request. So when you create perhaps a, a Laravel or a Symfony controller, you'll have the request as the first parameter, perhaps for your controller methods. So that's the input. That's the request. And then it does stuff, right? It calls the model, which then goes off and does a whole lot other of other stuff as well. Um, it usually deals with the data retrieval. So that's, um, hydrating all of the entities that are required to connect, connecting to external, uh, resources and other bits and pieces like that. Um, and then it then send the, it sends that back to the controller and then the controller sends that back as a response, albeit it could be a, a, a twig. In Symfony, maybe it could be a, a HTML twig, or it could be a, a JSON uh, response for API. So, um, <laughs> thank you very much, Bernard. Thank you very much. Hi, uh, Mr. James. Hello, and uh, Bernard. Thank you very much for joining today. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's the MVC is a very complicated. Well, when I started, it seemed like a very complicated thing to, to grasp, to get my head around, especially with the model and the, the controller. They're the difficult parts, in my opinion, because one could argue, well, why don't you just do everything in the controller? But then you start learning about breaking up the code and saying, well, maybe there is more than one controller that needs to fetch this data. So like this, so I'm going to split this off into the model layer. Um, and uh, then you start creating your views in a very sort of um, data agnostic way. There is even a case to say that your data, the variables in the, the view shouldn't ever be related to the variables in your, ent your field names in the entities, your databases, for instance. Um, that's certainly the case with the APIs. You should not be showing your field names at all in an API, because that's, you know, basically giving your database schema away. <laughs> so, and when you start doing that, when you start breaking things apart and decoupling things, you can then slot different views together. You can go, okay, perhaps we want this view one day, and then maybe next week we put in another, another view, like a different skin. You should be able to do that, turn that on and off um, without having to deal with the model layer because the model layer doesn't care how the data is to be presented. And, um, you know, so that's, that's great with teams because you can, you can just say, look, I'm going to send you this data. Somehow this data is going to be sent to you. I need you to, to, to convert maybe that table that we've just discussed into a grid. Off you go. The front end developer is not going to care about the 
the how that data is actually created or slotted together or hanging together in the database. They just know that they're going to get a JSON uh, object of this data and they need to create. Um, and yesterday it was in the table form and today it's actually going to be in a grid form. Um, the, the, the backend engineer doesn't care, you know, if it's going to be in a grid form or a table form, they just care that there's data and the data has integrity. Um, and when you start, it's a bit of a, a mind shift. When you start looking at an application like that, you can actually physically cut your application in half and go, that's the front end. That's the back end. This is the controller, which connects those dots. Um, and it's, it was such a revelation to me when I under, when I understood that it was one of the first sort of architecture patterns that I got my head around. And I was just like, yes, this makes absolute sense. Um, and it wasn't until I could actually, um, see it working. And, um, the, the best example is to look at frameworks because their frameworks do them really well. Every framework uses MVC. Um, I've, I've listed, uh, Symphony and Laravel, but, um, you know, <laughs> there's so many of them. Um, and, uh, they all split it up. So you have your, your, your requests, your responses, your controllers, your models. Um, and the model, I should say, because it's, you know, it's much bigger than the controller or the view, the model has things like, um, well, in the Symphony world, for instance, it has things like repositories. So this is, um, methods that do fetches to the, the, the database and hydrates the, the model. It has managers to manage the data. So for instance, a, a manager will deal with the saving routines, um, of perhaps a user and it'll do other, other fetches perhaps to then, you know, double check a couple of things or do some validation, um, on that or send emails or all of that kind of jazz, which is, you know, part of the, part of the middleware. Um, and, um, uh, the model would be, would be dealing with, um, the model doesn't have to be database. The model doesn't have to be the database. It could be data from an external source. So it could be, um, data from a file system. It could be data from a, just a, a JSON file or a YAML file or, you know, an XML file or a CSV, something like that. Something that holds data that needs to be, needs to have some form of structure, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the controller, as I mentioned, is going to be the thing that basically is like a switchboard. It's a switchboard that says, okay, this user has requested this, and I'm going to put that, that, uh, I don't know what you, the cable into that hole in the switchboard, and that cable then goes into that hole in the, in the switchboard, and it connects the two. And then that's my, um, my input process output loop, if you will. Um, and as I mentioned, also controllers can then call other controllers if they want to. So, for, which is, which kind of blows my mind a little bit, but let's say, for example, um, there is a controller that I use that needs to call another API. <laughs> so the controller in that case would then become the input, um, to another controller, which would then do the process, gets the request, gets the response, and then sends that back to the controller. So for example, if you're making a, an external request to another API, um, from your particular controller, then you, you might be fetching that data source from, from there, for instance. Um, 
which uh yeah it's it's that's a that's an interesting way of 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 dealing with things too uh so let me just recap my notes so it's a clear separation of concerns the model the view and the controller um, the model layer cares about data state, data fetching, data integrity, and data validation. Uh, it doesn't care about data presentation, data control, or data access. So, for example, your um, your variable, it doesn't matter if that variable is being called by a particular user. That user, or you know, if that doesn't have have access there's no there's no locking going on on the tables for instance that you know oh i'm 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 this particular user i shouldn't actually be accessing this data those kind of business logic controls are usually done on the controller layer or in the you know the middle middleware kind of kind of area um so you can fetch you know, there's no, there's no, uh, dis- distinction between this, this entity cannot touch this entity because to be honest, it's all in one database, right? But, um, the context is put together by the controller. Anyway, um, so it, yes, it doesn't care about presentation control or access the view layer. Um, it cares about presentation, the markup user experience, use UX, uh, responsiveness, performance of the front end and uh, user input validation. So if there's a form, for instance, to make sure that the form, if if the user puts in the wrong stuff, that doesn't actually get sent as a request because the front end could pick that up. Um, and then that would get checked again on the back end. That's, all, that's the way I've always been taught. Check twice, once on the front end, once on the back end. Um, and then uh, the model layer, it, it cares about how the data is stored. So where is it? So is it in a database? Is it in a, a NoSQL database or a SQL database? Is it in, um, you know, XML files? Is it on S3? Um, that, that, you know, that kind of stuff. Where am I getting it from? Um, it also cares about, um, uh, the, the integrity, as I mentioned, of that data. So, you know, this, uh, this, you, this, this table has a foreign key on this one. So I can't input that without setting this this particular value because I can't have that as null or something like that. Um, the controller layer, um, this captures the request from the view layer. Uh, it sends the response to the view, view layer. So this is the input and the output. Um, it's, uh, it fetches data from the, from the model. So the view won't be touching the model at all. Definitely not. The view won't, won't have any kind of connection at all to the model. The view will be sending a request to a URL. The URL would would be defined in some form of root. And what happens is is your application would parse the would grab that uh, request and go, okay, so that request it relates to this controller and this method in that controller class. So we'll call that and we'll send we'll send the request object to that as the input. Um, and then the controller will go, okay, that request requires this data from this model. So I'll go and fetch that based on the, including the parameters that were supplied by the, by the view layer, um, by in the request. Um, or maybe this, this request requires me to manipulate this, uh, this particular entity. Maybe we need to do a saving routine. Maybe this is an update, a patch, um, of, 
a, a particular entity. And so we're going to save that, which means that we need to do some data validation, which means that we need to check data integrity. Let's leave all that to the model. Let's just wait to see what the model comes back with. Has it worked? Has it not worked? Um, and then that from, from, from that, it then sends the response back to the view. And then the view can deal with however it wants to with that as the presentation. So, you know, whether you want to send them, you know, display a little modal that says uh -uh, it didn't work or whether you want to display a, a little piece of text to say, you know, this didn't work and, and these inputs are not valid or whatever, or you don't have access. Um, it's completely up to the view layer. The model layer doesn't care about that. It just knows whether it worked or it didn't. <laughs> um, and of course, the controller could also call other external sources, such as other APIs as well, um, which is uh, super, super interesting. Um, so yeah, the, so in terms of like the, the, the circle, um, of the, the, the cycle, I should say of this. So let's say a user makes a request to the controller, the controller manipulates the data in the, the model, uh, and the model sends back the changes to the controller and the controller sends the response to the view. So that's kind of the cycle. Um, and the, the real, the guts to this talk, why you should be learning this stuff is, is one, you understand how the requests and the responses work. This is understanding how HTTP works, understanding that you're going to make a request to this URL. What happens to that? How do I get a response back? What happens to that sort of request? Um, so you understand how the requests and responses work. Number two is that you gain an understanding of how to separate a web app, how to actually decouple parts of your web app and say, this is the presentation layer, this is the, the model layer, and then this is the controller that glues everything together. Um, and then, and, and thirdly, companies require you to know this. You shouldn't be learning this stuff. <laughs> You, you know, as you're, as you're a senior, you need to know this stuff. This is kind of the better, better bed, bread and butter of being a web developer, knowing MVC, knowing this kind of stuff, especially if you're a full stack dev. Um, this number four enables you to build scalable enterprise applications. So knowing the fact that you can swap out different views, um, and just change things up without having to change the model layer, change how the data looks, how it hangs together. And also in terms of, as I mentioned, as I touched on earlier, not having the view actually display the schema. You shouldn't have any kind of schema, <laughs> database schema in the view. So if I was to view source on your, on your form, your form names should not be the names that are in the database. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's not good. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, number five, I think this is number five. The last one is to learn how to decouple and code response, uh, responsibilities in your application. So decoupling the responsibilities, this is the responsibility of the presentation layer. This is the responsibility of the model layer. This is the responsibility of the controller layer. And, you know, it, it even goes so far as this view is in a one file, this 
um, model would be in several files and this controller is going to be in, in a file. And what you usually have is in your controller class because, you know, MVC is usually, um, I mean, you could do this procedurally, but usually this is um, object orientated. In fact, I, I've always done this in OOP. Um, can you do this procedurally? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Um, what was it? Where was I going with this? Um, yeah, you would have, you would have with OOP frameworks, you would have different files that represent different things. So you would have, say your controller file, you would have your controller class. You would have your, your, um, in Symfony, you would have twigs, right? If you were using the twig framework for uh front ends, or it could be, um, ginger two, if you're using Python or, or what have you. Um, so that would be in a separate file on its own, not in the, not in the, uh, the, the, the classes, um, not, not in the, the controller classes. And then you would have your models and your models would comprise of entities, you know, actual, uh, PHP objects perhaps that represent a, a, uh, a database table and how they link to other database tables. You would have a series of repositories. These are how you fetch those things. You would have perhaps managers to manage those entities, to save those entities, to update those entities and so on and so forth. Um, and really the controller, if you refactor it well, the controller should just basically say exactly what it's doing on a single line. I want to do this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to send this. Yeah, the best controllers are only about four lines long or three lines long. So I've got the request. I'm going to send this to the model. Model comes back with a variable is in a variable response. That's the, the thing that comes back to that. And then I'm going to send that off to the, uh, off to the view. <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, when I understood that it was like, it blew my mind. Cause it was like, wow, yes, the controllers should be the things that just, they just come off of the tongue, right? You should just be talk. It should just talk to you what it's going to do. You should, when you read a controller action, it should just tell you exactly what it's going to do with that request and how the response is going to look, you know, done. <laughs> The model is the complicated thing. It's the, it's the, the thing that really, you know, if you get the, that model layer wrong, then that's, that's, uh, that's not good at all. Um, the controller is basically just like a traffic warden. It's just saying, yeah, this request comes here and we're going to send this request off. Well, we're going to deal with that request, you know, or we're going to, you know, stop that request, deal with it. And then we're going to send a response that kind of stuff. Um, and the view is like, Hey, look at me. I'm so stylish. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. Wow. That's uh nice. Thank you for saying that. Um, what subject will be eight? Will, uh, episode 87 be what subject do you want it to be? Um, put your, put your thoughts down. I, I'm totally open. I was going to do, uh, the how to code well 2021 roadmap. Uh, well, I was going to do it today, but then this was such a good topic. I thought I would do it. So if you've got, if you've got another topic in mind and do let me know, I, I might, I might use this as kind of a, a series perhaps because there's so many different sort of architectural patterns that I could talk about um, in, in coding and, um, how I've used them. 
I suppose, why don't we talk a little bit about how I've used MVC in the past? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I got my first job without knowing this, um, which is crazy, right? So in my first ever job, way, 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 way back, we're talking, oh gosh, crazy amount of years ago. Um, we, I was still working on code that had everything in one file. Everything was in one file. And, and those were the, the, the good old days where these kind of patterns, you could get away with not using these patterns. It wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't good, um, at all. Uh, but because the, the web has become far more complicated, far more complicated than it was when I started, when I started this, uh, you have to use these patterns. You, the, you just can't do anything on the web these days without it. You know, you can't take two steps without it being super complicated. Um, but you know, we're talking of a time where I was just using FTP to push stuff up to, uh, to a, a server. Uh, through FTP, we're talking about a time when I was building websites that didn't have frameworks because those frameworks didn't exist. So we we are talking about a, a golden age. <laughs> um, and I started learning this when um, when I uh, was learning Symphony One. That was when Symphony was in in the um, the one days version one. Um. And uh, I was trying to get my head around it using their their sort of framework. Um, didn't really understand MVC for a long, long time. Really didn't sink in. Um, it was only when I actually started building my own framework, which I've done probably three or four times um, in in my career. I've I've just I don't know why I just decided to build my own thing. Um, and then you start getting an understanding of, oh yes, this is. <laughs> This is, um, this is actually quite difficult to do. And then you start having a big appreciation for frameworks. Because if I was to say to you, build me an application, but do so where you've got, um, HTML in one file, you've got PHP in another file, um, say the controller file, and then you've got, uh, model file. So you've got three files. Build me an application where it just works. It's actually quite difficult because what you need is the routing. Because the routing will know which, which controller file or method or what have you to access based on the request. So if what you do, a, if you parse a, send a HTML, um, sorry, a HTTP request to say forward slash account or forward slash products or whatever, then you need to know which controller that, re- that relates to. And then you need to send the query string to that as a request into that controller. The mechanics of that is just mind blowing. So, um, I was challenging myself a couple of, couple of years back to, to build that and then use things like, um, uh, object, uh, output buffering to buffer the, uh, the HTML and then send that back to, in, as HTML. So you would, you would, um, create variables and send that back down to the HTML. And then echo that out. Um, and yeah, I, once I did that, I started to get a, a deeper into appreciation of how these frameworks actually handle all this kind of mess. Um, <laughs> um, why don't I work with Laravel? I do. Yeah, I do, I do work with Laravel. Uh, I've worked with so many different things that, um, 
I lean on symphony because symphony is kind of the thing that, um, well, I started with symphony, um, back, like I said, in, in version one. So it's it kind of is, has been with me for a very long time, but I, I've certainly built things with Laravel. I've used, um, Lumen as well to create some APIs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Laravel's great, but, um, most of my clients use symphony. Um, and I guess it's, I guess it's, you know, it's, it's a decision about enterprise versus indie, I suppose. I don't really know. Um, uh, most of the projects that I work on at the moment, I don't actually get a say on what I, I develop on. So most of those decisions are already made for me. But when it comes to say recruitment, and if I'm getting recruited for a company, uh, then, um, if they ask me to do Laravel, I can quickly pick that up. If they ask me to do Symphony, I can quickly pick that up too. In fact, recently, well, I say recently, more, more recently, they, they've started interacting a little bit more using, using components, um, that they share across. So for example, the request component, the response component. Um, and then when you start, you know, mixing that together with PSR and you've got your PSRs, um, the actual standardization of how these things should work in PHP, then it becomes quite interchangeable. Um, and once you start getting your head around the MVC stuff, you're like, oh yeah, that's how Laravel does it. And oh yeah, that's how Symfony does it. So understanding these core principles and these, these, um, the foundations of how frameworks work, then you can kind of tackle any kind of framework, I guess. I mean, this stuff, I've been using PHP as a, an example here. I've also mentioned Python too, but this can also happen in, say, Node. Um, so you could have, you know, create MVC stuff using JavaScript. If you are using JavaScript strictly on the back end, then you would do so in the, se- in the same MVC kind of style. So you would have your controllers um, in JavaScript. You would also have your views in JavaScript and you would have your models in JavaScript, but whatever. <laughs> Um, I think that, that I actually have a tutorial on Lumen for accessing the database using or uh, seeding the database in Artisan. It's it's actually on the um, on the YouTube channel, um, but I might do a course in in Laravel. That's the thing. When you start talking about Symfony, everyone's like, "Oh, you're a Symfony developer. <laughs> you don't know anything about Laravel." So uh, just to keep the balance. <laughs> It's when pe- it, I also find it funny when people accuse me of being a, 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 um, a PHP fanboy and then they realize the amount of courses I've done in Python. <laughs> but yeah, if you've got any, if you've got any, um, uh, suggestions for next week's show, then I would be, I would be, uh, very interested to hear. Um, and if I can relate it back to any of my experiences in this industry, then I definitely will do. Cause I think it's, it's, it's great to, um, to share, uh, share those. Um, and as I mentioned, the MVC stuff, I, I didn't really learn for a long time, a long, long, long time. Um, but I do think that now as a web developer, if I was a web developer now, there would be like, if I was, a, if I was just starting now, I don't know. It, I just feel like new developers have so much more pressure on them in terms of what the things they need to learn 
uh, are. Whereas back in the day, it would be quite easy to get away with certain things because a lot of this stuff didn't really exist. There was, you know, frameworks weren't really a thing. Um, as I said, we were pushing everything up through FTP, not SSH. It's remarkable now that, you know, if you're a front end developer, you kind of need to have some kind of knowledge on the terminal. And, you know, that if someone had told me, oh yeah, you, you need to learn the terminal, um, to do your job. <laughs> I would probably do something else because the terminal is a scary world. Um, but it, it's just kind of, uh, I've just kind of had to do it, you know? So there's lots of things that I do think that web developers have to do um, now far more in terms of like the speed in which they do it compared to back then when it was the early days and we were talking about HTML, you know, four and, you know, IE6 was around. I mean, I was a web developer when Netscape was about. So that's how old I am. <laughs> um, what do I think about WordPress? Um, gosh, I mean, I think it's a great little uh, framework. Yeah, um, it's just a shame that um, <laughs> our rant mode activated. It's just a shame that um, WordPress makes it so easy for clients to ruin it. Um, so having, installing lots of plugins to do the same thing, but differently. And then you, as a developer, you, you have to then manage that. <coughs> but I think WordPress itself is great. I, I know some WordPress engineers who work on the WordPress, um, on, on WordPress. <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, I think it's really good. I think it's very powerful and I'm so glad that they've, they've got their API, um, because you can, you can start using the WordPress CMS without having the WordPress front end, which is so powerful. You can use WordPress now like a headless CMS, which is so, so good. And so you don't, you don't have to worry about SEO. You don't have to worry about different plugins doing, you know, ridiculous things, uh, because you just use that as a content management system and then you call the API and then you can use that to, to, uh, to update your, your, your view layer in MVC world. So you would, your controller would then call the WordPress API to do something and then return the JSON back or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of WordPress. However, if someone was to say to me, uh, I'm going to build a blog, what would you use? I would probably say ghost, um, because I love ghost. It's a really great platform. It's very um, simple to get your head around, in my opinion. Um, it uses Markdown, which is brilliant. Um, there is no danger of overcomplicating it because it is nice and simple and light. It's simplified. It's uh, it's a minimalistic uh, way of producing content. The back end of how to code well, the blog back end is in Ghost because I only care about Markdown files. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've built many WordPress sites before. I've even built WordPress sites that have e-commerce um, on the back of them. So um, that was quite interesting. Sort of a blogging platform that has um, e-com. Something I haven't done is Shopify. I haven't done any Shopify. Um, I'm told that that's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, I haven't. The the e-commerce stuff that I, I usually do is kind of bespoke. Uh, so working with bespoke frameworks that either we've sort of used Symfony or Laravel or what have you um, to to use or other frameworks uh, that are specifically um, 
to do with e-com. So uh, Magento, uh, I've been doing a lot of Magento work, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And of course, all of these have MVCs. You know, these are MVCs. They follow MVCs. I suppose another talk that I could do is around CRUD, right? Um, that would be, that would be quite an interesting talk. You know, what is CRUD? What makes up CRUD? Um, and, uh, and stuff like that. And then maybe RAD. Yeah, there's lots of stuff I could talk about. Um, DDD, uh, TDD, all the acronyms. <laughs> Anyway, thank you ever so much, everybody, for watching. I really do appreciate this. This is going to go out to the podcast um, probably next week. So if you want to hear the audio version of this, then uh, do check out howtocodewell.fm. But also, I just want to just say a massive thank you every um, so much, everybody, for all your nice words and comments. Um, and uh, I, I really do hope that 2021... Uh, is a great year and uh, I'm, I'm super glad that everybody is, has joined and um, is learning to code. I think this is awesome. But anyway, if you've got any questions, comments or whatever, then as always, do let me know, put them in the comment section below or even better, join our discord server. I go to howtocodewell.net forward slash discord and join, uh, say hello and um, ask questions and uh, take on the coding challenge. I should say there is a coding challenge. I keep forgetting this. Every month I do a coding challenge. I do a coding challenge. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes below. There's so many links I need to put in the show notes now. Uh, codingchallenges.housecowell.net is the website to go to. And every month there is a coding challenge. And this month it's PHP one-liners. What happens is that um, you, sub- you, you submit a GitHub repository to a c- the coding challenges channel in our Discord ser- server. And every month I will review your code or your, whatever you've, whatever that challenge is live on Twitch. And then that becomes a YouTube video. <laughs> um, we've done some really good challenges. Last year was really good. We did some, uh, we, we created a couple of JavaScript games, um, which was, which was super interesting. And like I said, this time it's PHP one liners. So I've got, I think it's five challenges where you have to write. PHP on a single line to do something. Um, and, uh, there's different levels and they get harder and harder as they go. So I'll be playing with that. Um, and the, the challenge ends on the end of January. So they, 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 they're a month long challenge anyway. Um, thank you ever so much for watching happy coding everybody. And I'll see you again this time next week. Cheers. Happy coding. Bye-bye.